us to be in God's presence, to remember his sacrifice for us on the cross, it's a blessed privilege that we, people who were once forgotten, once who were lost, are today found in Christ. We can be in his holy presence to freely worship God, to remember his awesome sacrifice for us who were once a wretched sinner. So indeed, let us not take this very lightly, but let us come into God's presence with that understanding, with that reverence of who this God actually is, of who we actually were, but of who we are in Christ today. Uh, before I share from God's word, uh, Ruby and I would just like to take this time to thank the family at CBF uh, for the way that you have actually welcomed us. Uh, I know the announcement was made only today, but even before the announcement was made, uh, all of you were so welcoming. Some of you came and visited us at home. Some of you texted, some of you called, but you all ensured that you were praying. Uh, because of which this transitional move was very peaceful, was very pleasant to us both, uh, for which we have to take this time to thank each and every one of you. Uh, it was very nice that a couple of weeks when we came here, some of you came up to us and said, oh, it's nice to see you guys coming here for the last couple of weeks. We hope you continue to come here for the following weeks from now on. So that was very encouraging, and uh, we thank God for placing us in this assembly. We believe that, like you, God has placed us here for a purpose, and our intention, and our only intention as a family is that we will serve God and we will serve his people. So that together, as an assembly, that we will be doing whatever it takes to bring glory, honor, and praise to God. That's something that I would like for us as a family to be able to share with each and every one of you. Now, coming to God's word, my message for this morning is entitled in this way. I desire to speak on condemnation Conviction and confession. Condemnation, conviction, and confession. How sensitive am I towards sin? Now, this is the topic that I want to share with you. It's a very sensitive topic. Condemnation, conviction, and confession. How sensitive am I towards sin? You know, as born-again believers, it is possible for us to live by becoming insensitive towards sin that is there in our life. It is possible for us to come for worship week on week. It is possible for us to hear from God's word. It is possible for us to worship God, to be in fellowship with one another, but do absolutely nothing with sin that is there in our life. I hope you will all agree with me. Not only would you and I be willing to do anything with sin in our life, you and I would not be willing to allow anyone else to do something about that sin that is there in my life. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, forgive me for using this illustration. I do not mean any disrespect. But I'm just saying this to try to get the point across. Last week, the elders, Rebi Chan, had made an announcement about something in particular to some people that had happened in the church. And all of us are aware of it. And all of us, I'm sure, were very uncomfortable when he made that announcement. And when I was sitting there and when I heard him make that announcement, I was thinking to myself about the certain phrases that he used when he read it out. He said, it has come to our notice that such and such a thing has been done by such and such and such people. Because of which we as elders have decided to discipline them. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, would there ever an announcement be made by the elders saying that it has come to our notice that Jobin was caught in the sin of lying because of which we have decided to discipline him? Would they ever say that? 
Is that also not sin? Would they ever say that it has come to our attention that Sajin or Jebin or, or Pradeep has been caught in that sin of false accusation? It has come to our notice. We have decided to discipline them because of that. Would that ever be said? No. But why not? Why are only certain things being mentioned? The Bible clearly, uh, clearly states that anything that goes against the will of God is called what? Sin. And do you and I deserve the punishment for it? Yes. But why is it not done so? Condemnation, conviction and confession. How sensitive am I towards sin that is there in my life? You know, there are a lot of examples that you can give from the scriptures by which you understand whether you are a child of God or not. There are so many ways in which you can understand. Are you walking in the truth? But one way in which I would state from the word how you can understand if you are truly a child of God is find out how sensitive you and I are when it comes towards sin. That means if there is a sin in my life, what is the extra mile that I would go to take care of that sin that is there in my life? When you read the gospel of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is talking about the Sermon on the Mount. And he talks about this one particular sin, the sin of adultery. And he says, you know, this sin is so serious in my eyes that if anyone is caught in this sin, instead of you being condemned to hell, want you to go that extra mile, cut off your hand or cut off your eye, cut off any part of your body that would allow you to commit that sin of, of adultery. And that is how serious sin is in the eyes of a holy God. How sensitive are you and I when it comes to sin in our own Christian life? My passage this morning is the book of Jude. And if you will turn with me to the book of Jude, I would like to read a few verses before I get on to the message. If you turn with me to the book of Jude, and I would like to read the very first verse. As a foundation for what I would like to talk about. Jude and verse 1. And it reads like this. Jude verse 1. Jude a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. To those who have been called. Who are loved by God the Father. And kept by Jesus Christ. I'll read that again. To those who have been called. To those who are loved by God the Father. And kept by Jesus Christ. The context of this letter this letter is written by Jude the servant or the brother of Jesus Christ. And in this letter, he's addressing the sin of false teaching. He's writing to the church believers and he's saying, I want you to be aware of false teachers. False teachers who creep into the assembly, who teach you and I the wrong things of the word. Be careful of those people. The condemnation of the false teachers be mentioned long, long ago. And beware of those things. All these things are mentioned in the book of Jude. That is what the letter of Jude actually talks about. But as a foundation, I just want to look at verse 1. As to how he writes this letter. To whom is he actually writing this letter? And brothers and sisters, in verse 1, it talks about the three positions that you and I as a believer enjoy in the Lord Jesus Christ. The three positions that you and I enjoy in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 1, it says, this letter is written to those who have been called. And that's the position number one. To those who have been called. That means it is actually talking about my past. This letter is written to all the people who have been called. 
and i want you to sit here right now and i want you to think about your past because that is to whom this letter has been written when you think about your past what is it that you can what is that you can come uh, what are the words that you would use in your mind think about your past and my past all of us who are sinners all of us who are lost all of us who are away from the camp all of us who could never ever come into god's holy presence that is who we are we were when we look at our past to those who have been called your past and my past we were wretched people born in sin in agony and there are beautiful words that you and i could use we were in the miry clay the deepest pit that could there ever be there was no one who was willing to love us no one who was willing to call on us that is who we actually were but brothers and sisters when jude says to those who have been called yes it is indeed to christians who were once lost but not just about that aspect but about the aspect that they are found in christ today we who were once were lost have been found today we who were once were blind but now see to those who have been called in the past is a reference to us who god knew even before the foundation of this world psalm 139 you knit me in my mother's womb you knew my inmost being how wonderful i have been created by you and that is who our past actually is but you know what the problem is brothers and sisters we still stick on to who we once were and that's the first point that i want to share from this first part of the verse about condemnation yes it is true that we were condemned once in the presence of god but the sad part is that even today as born again believers we still live in this condemnation it is true that we were once lost once we were sinners once we were worthless but today as born again believers we have forgotten all of that christ has actually let go but it is a very sad but true fact that you and i today still live with that thought of condemnation sunday after sunday we come into god's presence and we say i cannot be forgiven by god there is nothing good that i as a born again believer can do you and i still many a times as christians live in condemnation when you think about your past i would like for all of us to forget it when you have asked for forgiveness from the lord jesus christ the lord has forgiven you and let me be so careful to say this the lord jesus has forgiven you for all that you have done and for all that you are going to do his sacrifice on the cross his death on the cross this body that we partake of the blood that we partake of the worship that we do it signifies the christ penalty on the cross once and for all has taken care of all sins in our life i hope you understand what i'm trying to say then why is it that you and i still live with that guilt why is it that you and i still live with that condemnation you know somebody made a statement like this when you go into god's presence and when you ask him for the forgiveness of your sin what god actually does is he takes your sins he bundles it up in a packet goes to the deepest ocean that he can find drops your sin down there in the deepest ocean and then he puts a sign there that says no fishing no fishing that is what christ has done for us you do you know what you and i do 
we take our money from the bank we uh, we order a speedboat we go to the deepest ocean with the biggest hook that we can ever find and we dig it out we take all our sins out and we say god don't you remember and actually according to the word when you go to god and talk to him about a sin that he has forgiven god would actually say what are you talking about i actually don't know what you're talking about that's what who that's what actually god actually says why are you and i carrying this still with us so to those who have been called you look at your past look at your condemnation but don't think of the fact of all that you have done it's forgotten forgiven once and for all in christ stand with me to this well known verse that we all know by heart but turn with me to the book of romans chapter 8 verse 1 romans chapter 8 verse 1 and can somebody read that as loud as you can romans chapter 8 verse 1 can somebody read that Uh-huh. There is therefore now no condemnation. Absolutely no condemnation. But there is a condition. There is no condemnation for those who are in I can't hear you. For those who are in How many of you are in Christ Jesus this morning? There is no condemnation for you brothers and sisters. You have absolutely no right to come to God's presence and talk about something that you have done in the past. you have absolutely no right to do that if you do that you go against the word of god you go against the sacrifice of christ on the cross you are actually saying that god's sacrifice on the cross is not enough to make me whole there is absolutely no condemnation for those who are in christ Jesus and if you are in Christ I would like to remind you as I remind myself stop beating yourself stop giving yourself such a big hard time stop putting yourself down in the eyes of others don't do that don't do that because Christ himself does not do that to you There is no born again believer who will go into God's presence and there is no person who can go to God's presence and God would look at that person and say you do not please me no then why are you and i so hard on ourselves when we come into god's presence why do you and i think that god's blood cannot actually cleanse us from all our unrighteousness what does roman 8 verse 1 uh, continue to say verse 1 and 2 therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus because verse 2 through jesus christ the law of the spirit of life now the law of the spirit of life is a reference to the holy spirit so the law of the holy spirit sets me free from the law of sin and death and all of us know that the moment the day that you and i accept the lord jesus christ into our personal life the, that is the day that the holy spirit comes and the holy spirit has set me free from sin has set me free from death if it has set me free then why am i still talking about sin why am i still talking about death why am i still putting myself down why am i still hesitant to come into god's presence when he has actually asked for forgiveness uh, for for complete forgiveness you know as believers it is true that many of us still even though we've accepted the the forgiveness of god still today live in 
condemnation turn with me to another well known verse the book of hebrews chapter 12 we all know this verse very well hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 can somebody read that hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 because we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses okay yeah in the niv there are two things that is mentioned here first of all it says to throw off everything that hinders throw off everything that hinders and also the sin that easily entangles you know that is the problem with us as believers when we are actually trying to run the race we've got a boot we've got a uniform we've got a number we've done our registration we know how to run we've done the training but the only difference is i'm actually running the christian life with a big sack of rocks can you run yes you can but will you complete it no not the way actually how as a christian you're supposed to win the race and that is what you and i do every single day we carry this rock with us why to remind ourselves who we once were were and who we still are today no throw it off is what the scripture says let go of it brothers and sisters don't carry that burden with you let it go you've come into god's presence you've asked him for the forgiveness you said lord i am a sinner i accept you he is coming to your heart why then do you still carry that sin the word of god is telling you this morning please please throw it off you know the bible uh, teaches us and also when we before we partake we read that thing that's there on the table that says self examination and all of us when we do self examination we always always fail right oh, my week wasn't very good i didn't read the bible five times i didn't pray two times i didn't talk to anyone about jesus christ because of which i am disqualified to ever come into god's presence there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus your past is secure brothers your past is secure sisters do not beat yourself down don't keep condemning yourself every single day look at the great apostle paul romans chapter 7 he says what i do that is not what i actually want to do I'm struggling with this war is me can somebody save me from this body of death and then after chapter 7 in chapter 8 was one is the verse that we read there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus can i remind all of us again if you are in Christ if you have accepted the lord jesus christ believe us there is nothing that disqualifies you from ever coming into god's presence there is nothing that you have done that god can say i could not have died for because the death of jesus christ on the cross has once and for all removed that completely from you condemnation secondly when you come to jude verse 1 the verse that we read earlier this letter is written to those who have been called and secondly the next line what does it say it says to those who are loved by god the father i hope you're with me in the same page jude verse 1 to those who have been called secondly to those who are loved by god the father now this 
is talking about your present state. In the original language, it's actually saying to those who are being loved by God the Father. That's, it's talking about the present continuous tense. So your past is secure. And I want to remind you this morning, it's not only your past, it's your present that's also secure. We are all born again believers who are being loved by God the Father. Not only our past being called by God, but our present, we are being loved by God the Father. Every single day of your life, you are being loved by God the Father. Every moment of your Christian life, you are being loved by God the Father. So when you look at your past and when you think about condemnation, I want all of us to look at our present and think about conviction. Think about conviction. Is it true that God has forgiven me of all my sins? Yes. Then why do I still commit sin? It's because I'm still living in this flesh. And there are moments in my life when I do things that displeases the Lord. Therefore... It is important that you and I go through conviction of our sin. Can I ask all of us a very uh, honest question? When was the last time you and I were convicted of something that we have done so much so that you and I had to make a step to change that sin in our life? Has any message spoken to you recently? Has your personal time with the Lord been correcting some areas in your life? None of us like to go through conviction. None of us. I was just thinking, what if the elders were to stand here and say something like that about me? How would I take it? All of us know from the scriptures that there are so many ways in which you and I are convicted of our sin. Can somebody tell me one way? Through the Holy Spirit. Bible clearly states that the, the day you are born again, the spirit comes into your heart and the spirit convicts you. Jobin, don't do that. The spirit tells your heart, don't do this. God is displeased. Yes, we know that. The Holy Spirit convicts me of my sin. Can you tell me another way by which you're convicted of sin? Louder? By the word of God. You read the word of God. You meditate on the word of God. And God speaks to your heart and you say at the end of it all, Oh God, a wretched sinner like me. But I want to pinpoint one way in which you can go through conviction. This is the most difficult way. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Can somebody read that? Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, uh -huh. you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Yeah, that's, that's enough. Verse 1 in NIV it says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in a sin... You see that caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. You know the word caught here is the same word that was used when those religious people brought that adulterous woman. You remember that story? They brought the adulterous woman to Jesus Christ and they said, Oh teacher, rabbi, here is a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Now you tell us, what do you want us to do? And the scripture here says, brothers, if anyone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him. Now I want to talk about from the other side. Would you and I allow our brothers and sisters to, to restore us when we are caught in a sin? Conviction. Would you and I allow any brother or sister to come up to us and say, Jobin, 
I see this in your life which according to the scriptures is considered to be sin. Would we allow that? It's not easy. But that's what the scripture says. Allowing others to convict us about sin. Yes, the Holy Spirit will do it. Yes, the word of God will do it. But it also encourages other believers to look at our lives and say, yes, you have committed a sin. We won't allow that. You know why? Because we've got this verse. Only those who are spiritual can do it. So I don't allow you to do it because according to me, you are not spiritual. Yeah. The moment somebody comes to us, to me, and says that there is this thing in you, according to the word, I feel it is not good. The moment at that time somebody says that, we feel very irritated. How dare you say something like that? How dare you actually say something like that? Convict sin in my life? Do we have that humility, brothers and sisters? Can we go up to anybody sitting in this church today and say, I give you complete freedom. If you see anything in my life that is not in accordance to God's word, please correct me. Please rebuke me. Can we say that? Turn with me to Luke uh, chapter 17 and verses 3. Luke chapter 17 verses 3. Mm-hmm. If your brother sins against you, mm-hmm. forgive him. Yeah. And if he repents, forgive him. Yeah, so you see that very clearly there. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If your brother or your sister does something that is not right, that is not in accordance to God's word, rebuke him. Look at his face. Look at her face and tell her, my brother, my sister, with so much of love, I want to tell you this thing. No matter how much it's going to hurt you, I just want to let you know that I think that you are not Walking in accordance to God's way. Rebuke, it says. Rebuke. You know, can I, uh, can I say something honestly? If each of us would do our Christian duty of rebuking people when they commit sin, we would all live much better lives. This is what I said in the starting. We don't want to do anything about sin that is there in our life. Neither do we allow anybody else to do anything about the sin that is there in my life. We get so easily offended when people speak from the pulpit. I know that that speaker spoke about me. So after the message, I don't look at his face. I get that a lot. We will prepare something, we will go and we will share. Somebody sitting will think I'm speaking about them. And after the meeting, hi brother, he doesn't look at me. What happened? And after eight years, he'll tell me, that day you spoke. Felt very bad. Brothers, in the Old Testament... When Ezra opened the law and when the people of Israel heard the law, the scripture says there was weeping. You know why there was weeping? Because they understood that they had sinned, transgressed against the law of God. You know what law they were reading? The Old Testament, the first five books where it says do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not give false testimony. They were reading that. That means that sin was there in their life. So that when he read the law, when Ezra read the law, they were convicted. None of them went up to Ezra and said, you don't have the gift of teaching. You absolutely don't. They said, we have committed sin. Oh Lord, would you please, please forgive us. Is that conviction in my life today? Forget about whether it's happening with the Holy Spirit or with the word. 
but can i allow you to convict me of sin in my life i want to read one more verse in connection to this galatians chapter 2 and we know this passage also galatians uh, chapter 2 verse 14 can somebody read that galatians chapter 2 verse 14 but when i saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel okay i said to peter before them all ah if you being if you being a jew live in the manner of the gentiles and not as the jews okay why do you compel gentiles to live as jews now we all know this passage very well very clearly according to the light of the scripture paul or uh, peter was not acting according to it no he was away from it he was acting very different when he is with one group of people he is good when he is with when he sees the other people coming he is different and the scripture clearly says paul walked up to peter looked at the head of the disciples the one who was right next to christ and the one who's known for making bashful remarks just remember this is the same guy who took the sword and cut somebody's ear paul walks up to him and he says you know what i want to tell you something it doesn't matter that you followed christ it doesn't matter that he is your best friend it doesn't matter that you might be the head of the disciples i just want to tell you one thing what you are doing is not in accordance to the scripture and that's it i don't care if i don't get the disciples membership card i don't care if you don't include me in your tours I don't care if I don't get the monthly support I just need to tell you this you are wrong And this is one of the biggest problem that believers have many people say that I don't like going to the church why because they're very nosy I didn't partake of the Lord's table so I don't like it I don't want to participate No conviction conviction do we ever feel convicted when we come into god's presence to those who have been called to those who are loved by god the father and thirdly the third position that we read in the book of jude jude verse 1 it says to those who have been called to those who are loved by god the father and the third position to those who are kept by the lord jesus christ and that is talking about your future so your past is secure your present is secure and even your future is secure we are people who in the past have been uh, have been uh, have been chosen by god in the present we are being loved by god the father and all of us are kept for the future kept for what for the coming of the lord when the lord will come into this world and he will receive us unto himself so when you think about your future I want you to think about the condemnation I want you to think about conviction and thirdly I want you to think about confession confession it is so difficult for you and I to say sorry for anything that you and I have actually done think about confession Think about your present state your 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 future state brothers and sisters God is coming soon so if there is anything wrong in your life if somebody would would convict you of it if the scriptures convict you of it the only thing that you need to do that you and I need to do is confess of that sin and receive the forgiveness of God let me explain it in this way in connection with the table um the scripture very clearly states in 1st Corinthians chapter 11 that you have to examine yourself before you participate of the lord's table do you agree with me that's what we read sunday on sunday the scripture also states 
that if you have done anything against your brother, leave your sacrifice, go ask for forgiveness, and then come and offer that sacrifice to God. You agree with me? Today, we've merged that principle together. If I've done something wrong, I need to ask for forgiveness. I am so proud that I cannot ask for forgiveness. Therefore, I will come to church, but I will not participate of the Lord's table. Brothers and sisters, there is no verse in scripture that says you can come to God's presence. And if there is something wrong, it's okay for you not to participate of the Lord's table. If there is a scripture, I don't know it, please let me know. You understand what I'm saying? If I've done something wrong, if I've not been good, then you know what? It's okay for me. No. The scripture says you need to come to God's presence. You need to remember his sacrifice on the cross. Oh, on the way, you remembered. Please, at that moment, go and make it right. Don't think that you are so proud enough to not make it right. But it's okay for you to come here, sit here and say. So you get that. You know, when you talk to people who don't participate, what happened? Some problem. No. You have to make it right. There is no verse that says you can abstain. Absolutely no teaching that says you can abstain. Confession. Confession. It's so difficult for us to say sorry. You know, I just want to read uh, in connection to this one well-known verse that we always read. First John chapter 1. Verses 9. We all know this verse. We've studied it in our Sunday school. First John chapter 1 verse 9. Can we all, uh, can somebody read that verse? First John chapter 1 verse 9. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, something new I studied about this verse, I don't know if you know this, but this is something new that I learned. And I was like, wow, I never thought of this before. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you were to paraphrase it, if you were to uh, change the meaning a little bit as to how it was originally written, it says, God is faithful and just to forgive us of all the sins that we that we, okay, together, that we, oh, that completely changes the meaning. God is faithful and just to forgive us of all the sins that we confess. That is the meaning of this verse. And it is not coming to God and saying, you know what God, I'm sorry for everything I did yesterday. No, it is sitting with God, looking at him at his face and being brutally honest and telling him, you know what Lord, yesterday, that which I did, that grievous sin that I did, I am sorry. Lord, would you please, please forgive me. Now, some people might ask, if God has already forgiven me of all my sins, then what is the need for confession? I have already stated, yes, the death of the cross has taken care of all that I have done and all that I will do. Then what is the need of confession? If you were to commit a sin against your dad and you have really annoyed him, will you stop being the son to your father? No. Yes, he might take us to the room and he might shower his love upon us in a different way. Some of us might have the map of India here and there. 
But that never allows you to cease in becoming his son. But it makes it even more different. When he's already forgiven you, when you go to him and when you tell him, I know what I have done and I ask you to forgive me. And that's the same thing that's mentioned in 1 John. Because it says, it talks of God as light. He has his children. And as the children to our heavenly father, God has already taken care of it. But God is waiting to see if you and I will be accountable. Lord, I come into your presence this morning. I know that you have died for that sin. And I just want to take this time. And I just want to say, I'm truly, truly sorry. And that is confession. And many a times we are like the Pharisee. And we place before God all the great things that we have done. I do this, I do this, I do this. And I'm even more thankful I'm not like this guy. And the only thing that this guy can do, he can't even lift his eyes to heaven. He beats his breast. And the only thing that he can mouth with his, uh, words with his mouth is, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, I'm a... And that's all that confession actually is. Not only that, there's another scary verse. Turn with me to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verses 16. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Okay? Yeah, that's enough. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Let's not go too much into detail about that. But you know what I'm trying to say. Condemnation. Conviction, confession. How sensitive am I towards sin? Condemnation. You look at your past. God has removed it once and for all. Therefore, do not live still in that sin. Do not talk of yourself low in the presence of God. No. Don't say that you cannot. You can. Because there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus I want you to think about conviction. Think about your present state. When you are living in this flesh, do you allow the word? Do you allow the Holy Spirit? Do you and I allow our brothers and sisters to convict us of sin that is there in my life? Do, have I given the freedom to anyone? And have I allowed other people to correct me? Is there something wrong in me? Tell me what is wrong so that I can change my life. So that I will be convicted of my sin. And thirdly, when you look at your future, look at your, think about your confession. If there is anything that you and I have done, all that you and I need to do is come to God's presence. All that you and I need to do is to come to that brother that I have wronged, come to that sister I have wronged and say, I am sorry. Would you please, please forgive me? How sensitive am I when it comes to sin in my life. How do I deal with sin that is there in my life? When was the last time you heard a sermon from God and after the message, you were so uncomfortable in your seat that you said, I cannot do this. I cannot be the, this way. I need to change. Let me close with this illustration. Uh, there was this uh, this pastor who uh, was was called to leave his place of ministry and go to another place of ministry, and he was in God's presence praying about where to go. 
where will God take me? And he prayed and he was convicted about this place that he felt he, God was calling him to go and do the Lord's ministry. And one day he went to that place, he was scanning the place, looking at the land, looking at the people, what kind of people, what could their need be. And he organized a convention meeting that was going to happen that evening. So this happened in the morning and he was in the bus going from one place to another. The conductor comes and the conductor takes his ticket, gives him his change. And this pastor saw that this conductor had actually given him a little more extra of the balance. Probably 50 paise more. So this pastor was in a dilemma. What do I do? Uh, do I return this money back to the conductor? So he thought and he reasoned with himself and he said, I'm not going to return it. After all, it's just 50 paisa. It's not going to make a big difference to this guy. But then he thinks about it and he says, no, it's not right for me to keep what is not mine. So when he was about to get out, he came to the door of the bus. He looked at the conductor and he said, you gave me 50 paisa more. Here is your change back. And this is what the conductor said. And I want you to listen carefully. The conductor said, you know what? I've never ever been to a church all my life. I heard that you were the new pastor in town. And I was thinking about coming to your church. So you know what I did? I was testing you. And that's why I gave you that extra change. And I wanted to see what you would actually do. Because you returned the change, I will see you at your convention meeting. And I will see you at your church on Sunday. This, this pastor comes out of the bus and this is the beautiful, most beautiful part. He comes out, he puts his hand on the nearest post and he said, Oh God, I almost betrayed you for 50 paise. I almost betrayed you for 50 paise. You know, brothers and sisters, how, for how much more have we betrayed our Christ many a times in our life? If we were to take it into account, it would be blasphemy. But that's okay. Think about your past, your condemnation. God has forgiven it once and for all. Therefore, don't beat yourself. Think about your present. Be convicted, brothers and sisters, as I am also, of the things that we do that are not right, that needs to be set right. Think about your future. If there is anything that you and I need to make right, let us confess. Shall we all close in prayer? Father God, as it says in the book of James, we pray that we will not only be hearers of the word and so fool ourselves, we will do what the word of God says. Teach us, Lord, to never condemn ourselves anymore. You have paid it all on the cross of Calvary. Teach us, Lord, to be convicted of what we do every single day of our life. Allow us to be humble enough to allow our brothers and sisters to convict us to correct us, rebuke us of any sin that is there in our life teach us Lord to confess so that if there is anything wrong that I do that I will ask for forgiveness knowing full and well that you are faithful that you are just to forgive me of all my sins of all my shortcomings and that you will cleanse me from all unrighteousness we pray that the word that we heard today would pl be planted deep into our souls that it would bring forth fruit so that in the days to come, we would be active, pleasing Christians. Bless us as we go home. Bless the week ahead of us. We pray that all that we've heard would play in our hearts during the week. 
so that we would examine our lives. Thank you for this opportunity that you gave us. We love you so much for who you are, for what you've done for us in our life. All this we put forth, Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ.